You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. Uh, This is the podcast where we normally talk about one specific show that comes out uh, that everybody is kind of talking about in the zeitgeist at the moment. And this week it is WandaVision. The Wanda first two Vision. episodes. <laughs> uh, the first two episodes were, uh, were released on Disney Plus this past Friday. And we are here to talk about it. But first, we're going to get into our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? Uh, so, this week I <laughs> have two throwbacks. <laughs> uh, so. I have been, for whatever reason, craving rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So ah. I've been binging that <laughs> recently. That's on Hulu. I don't know. I I've always no, it was Amazon Prime. Was it Amazon Prime? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you gone know. to the Pedro Pascal episode? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but yeah, no. It's I don't know. It's it's classic vampire to me. That's that's really what classic vampire looks like. TV as opposed to some of the Dracula? newer stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> forehead ridges, <laughs> massive forehead ridges, massive forehead ridges. Yeah, no, but like the whole—they don't sparkle in the sun; they actually die in the sun, kind of thing. <laughs> but no, I just—it's uh, not a feel-good. That's not the right term. It's, it's a nostalgia. It's yeah, nostalgia, yeah. Nostalgia. it's a nostalgia. Yeah. No, the feel-good throwback that I made Mitch start watching with me is the reboot for Animaniacs, <laughs> because I love Animaniacs. I grew up, that was Saturday morning, every Saturday, growing up. So Why, why, did, they, why did they bully Seth Meyers so hard in that first episode? <laughs> it was the second Myers episode. Was it was the second episode second, with Seth Meyers. Damn. But I didn't really no. watch that much. No, it was the first episode because it was in Pinky and the Brain in the first episode when P- when Brain is using oh, yeah, that's right. the mind control through cell phones, which is rather ingenious. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it was, they just like they really have a thing against Seth Meyers. Because that was straight mean. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like him though. Was it not just him doing a cameo? If he if he was, he was changing his voice to make it seem like not him or something. Because uh, it didn't sound like him to me. Hmm. But I didn't go look into it. I just watched a lot of Seth Meyers. It's fair. I did not look into it. I just thoroughly enjoyed watching Animaniacs get rebooted and <laughs> the song to bring them up to speed from 1998 to 2018. Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to the, like, or did you have any of the CDs when you were younger for the Animaniacs? 
No, I never had any of the CDs. I just watched them so much on reruns. I didn't get to watch it. I didn't have cable or anything, so I couldn't watch them on WB. Um, but I remember very clearly the moment that I learned about Magellan and how he died. Yep. <laughs> in a song of theirs. I learned so much from the Animaniacs. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I used to be able to sing the country song. I can no longer do it. No, no. Can yeah. the United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> it used to be a thing I could do. It used to be a thing I could do. Just like I you used to be able to it. sing the schoolhouse rock on how a bill gets made. It's a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. And it's about as far as I can get anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of talking in that one, though, to be there fair, because all is. the verses are basically him go, well, then I go to the president and then he signs me. But then if he doesn't sign me, then I go back to the House of Representatives and we do it all over again because I'm just a bill. That one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying that people should look forward to the new Geek Elite Media series, Geekomaniacs. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Stephen, you're trying to put more on my plate, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> it's okay, it's fine. But no, uh, so those have been fun to watch for nostalgia and reboot and all of those good things. Um, it was interesting to see young Julie Benz on uh, Buffy. Yeah. I mean, I know she comes back later in the series, but she's three years older at that point, three four years older. Um, it's just interesting. Like, it's the same actress that was in Dexter and uh, Boondock Saints 2. I don't know what else to say. But she's, it was just weird. I mean, there's a lot of young actors that, that started off in that show. And yeah, the, you'll, you'll see him as cameos. Well, at that time, there was breakout roles or not even breakout roles, just like bit parts. But they'd be say whatever role they could and, get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, yeah. their first time roles. Uh, and then the Animaniacs, I was just, <laughs> what was that? Some of them first and last. This is true. This is true. We all know the storied career of the man who played Xander. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he went on to do Criminal Minds for like a few seasons. <laughs> Just so, so much work. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, for Animaniacs, it was just great to hear the theme song again. And with their little changes. Yeah. <clears throat> so. No, but so... You know that preview commercial they did featuring Jurassic Park was genius. That was which was the solid. first sketch it on the, the first opening, episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The opening sketch. Yeah. Uh huh. So, but Buffy is on Amazon Prime. You said that's mm-hmm. where you've been streaming it for me, and <laughs> then Animatic says on Hulu, I believe. She's just like cut a Mitch and be like, Mitch, put on the Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Put on the Buffy. <laughs> I'm not a smart bot. I'm not a smart house application. Oh. Um, no, no. usually the way it works is we sit down at the evening and he goes, well, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, well, I'll give you a break from HGTV. Can we watch Buffy? <laughs> <laughs> and then he pushes all the buttons and Buffy appears. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Wait, what is Giles' first name? Rupert. Rupert. Damn it. I was hoping it would start with an H. Because he'd be switching to different HGTV. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh. Nope. His, his first name was Rupert, and his, his nickname was Ripper when he was in the band. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's on Amazon Prime, and 
Hulu, which I think is interesting that Anima, Anima, yeah, Animaniacs is on Hulu, which is a Disney-owned company when it's all Warner Brothers properties. Shouldn't it be on HBO Max? They know their audience. It's licensing. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Did it's Fox funny. buy Animaniacs from Warner Brothers? No, 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 they still, they still, they still have the, no, the whole thing still... is that they're, they're the, they're the, uh, Warner Brothers and Dot. Yeah, and so they... if that ever changed hands, that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they had all the, super, the DC characters, superheroes, in one of the sketches too, like one of the first sketches. So yeah, they had the DC ah, characters, yeah. but they had a guy running around with a iron in his hand and an iron <laughs> on his face. So they couldn't use real Iron Man. So I. I I mean, obviously, they still, it's not owned by Disney. They didn't try to do a Man in the Iron Mask joke with that? Come no, on, guys. No, they they went for the, the Iron Iron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Stephen, what did you watch this week? Uh, this week, I watched, well, I attempted a series that I didn't know had already come out, um, but was a, had a bunch of advertisements for season two starting. Um, I started watching Snowpiercer with Ooh. Naima. <clears throat> so I love the movie. It's uh, Bong Joon Ho, right? Was yep. the director for the for the movie, and Chris Evans was the star of that movie. Uh, and honestly, th- I I really enjoyed the movie, even though the whole time it never felt like there were any like crazy stakes or anything. I was always like, yeah, no, some good guys are gonna win, kind of thing. Um, it felt kind of cartoonish. The one I always compare it to is City of Ember. If anyone ever watched that movie, yeah. <laughs> oh God, I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Um, it felt like that a lot, honestly. Um, but then the TV show, they decided to go much more in depth, do this, some of the things that I'm assuming are featured in that comic from the 80s that it's based on. Mm. Um, they do a lot more of the explanation of stuff. They make it a lot more dark. Uh, and there's a lot more characterization for the main character, who in this is played by David Diggs. <clears throat> oh, that is um, David Diggs. And this mm-hmm. is the one where it's like, it's the future and everything's cold and there's a train that people live on. Yeah, okay. humanity, humanity messed up uh, in trying to... to cool the earth a little bit they went too far right um, right 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 that's what it and is. so the, the natural <laughs> thing that you do is make a train that has a perpetual motion engine that goes around the planet because that'll do it because <laughs> um, science so, yeah right <laughs> um so yeah no they um <clears throat> they have I, I guess the the star the show's two biggest stars would be david diggs and then i always forget her name Jennifer nice Connelly. yeah thank you <laughs> Um, <laughs> she does have very good eyebrows um, but yeah so um, the show stars the two of them in kind of this like back and forth antagonistic kind of thing and they do a good job but I don't know is she, I feel like every th- oh, go ahead. is she playing the Tilda Swinton character so yes and no mm. you know how when they, they make a movie out of something they'll change a lot of stuff combine characters and different things mm-hmm. <clears throat> Tilda Swinton uh, in in the movie, she has this scene where she takes a shoe and she's trying to say, like, give like a lesson to the people in the back car of mm-hmm. the train. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tries to tell them like something about a shoe on your head and how foolish that would be kind of thing or something. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, it was a very like Effie trinket kind of moment from hunger games. Mm-hmm. It's very weird, but yeah, it was about knowing your place. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, in this, another, um, uh, I forget the actress name already. You, you just said it. Oh, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly sends someone else to go do that scene, um, that kind of moment. And when she sends her, 
to that, she says a thing to her, like, um, like you'll get to wear your furs, you know, like you get to dress up like you like. And that's very much what that Tilda Swinton character does in the movie. Mm -hmm. So it seems they kind of fused the two in the movie, but it's two split characters in this. It's a very roundabout explanation for that. But, (laughs) um, I, I just feel like everything that I get from this show is served by watching his dark materials. So I don't know if I'll continue very much even though I like those two actors in this. Mm. Um, the other thing that we wa- that we were watching, um, we well, had wait, tried... Wait, wait. Uh, watch- you, oh, did, you did, in the trailer for <laughs> season two, you saw who they were going to be adding to the cast. No, I didn't watch any trailers. Who, oh. who they're adding to the cast. Do you want to know? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't oh. change anything for me. Sean Bean. Oh. Is he supposed oh. to play the man who's, like, who made the... Tra- the train? I, I'm 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 guessing. I don't know. I'm not. I haven't watched the show, but I'm guessing. Yeah, he's the the engineer or whatever. Mr. Conductor. Mr. Conductor. They, he's they gonna be set, dead by the end of the season. So well, yeah, that's know. the thing. They, they kind of set up this thing in the in the first episode of the show where uh, two characters refer to each other as the name of that man. So I'm like, oh, is he actually dead in this? Oh. And now it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah it's, I, I don't know um it, it'll be an interesting one to see where that goes if i do go back to watch it more didn't dislike it i just it's not what i need at this moment i'm already having those needs fulfilled um, i wasn't a big fan of the movie and, I, and i'm surprised you never read the comic book i do i don't like the art at all oh. I'm sorry to the artist <laughs> who i believe funny. is also the writer of the story but yeah i didn't enjoy oh. that at all <laughs> um no and it's if anyone was looking for an experience where you get kind of like a light stakes kind of fun time for this thing, um, go ahead and watch that. It's it's on HBO Max right now, but it normally airs on TNT if you're trying to watch it live. Um, after that, uh, Naeem and I had watched uh, that new French series on Netflix, Lupin. Um, so uh, it's spelled like Lupin, but yeah. Um, but yeah, the the whole thing for that one is that I guess it's the, the way that it was built. The thing that got my attention in the beginning was that it said it was like the first um, black actor led French series. Okay. Uh, like on okay. major television, I guess. So I was like, what? Twenty <laughs> twenty? <laughs> okay. Twenty twenty one. But yeah, well, you so, know, they didn't stop using the guillotine until like nineteen seventy nine. I think this pretty outdated. They do have a good history with it, though. I understand. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, it's it's good so far. It's also kind of in the same situation as Snowpiercer, though, honestly, where it's like, I don't really feel any big stakes ever. Like, I'm not like, oh, is, is Lupin not going to get out of this one? No, he's, he's going to make it out of this, you know? But the series is still cool. Um, I will say that the people who did the English dub for it did a really good job. Oh, okay. uh, of making it actually seem like the people were saying it. Sometimes there are lines where it doesn't quite come off with, I feel like, the right kind of intonation or motivation for how a person would be speaking in that moment. But those are very much the exception. That's like a fraction of a percentage for where that happens. The rest of the time, they did a really, really good job. So that's so, really cool. So I know in the text in the group text when you said you were watching that i said something about the anime were you being serious that this is the same character or was that a joke so for this one um yeah you 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 mentioned the anime the whole thing for uh lupon 
in the anime. Do you, do you remember the character's like full name that people refer to him? Nope. I, I don't okay, know anything so, about the anime other than it's called that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so for that one, he's uh, Lupin the Third. Okay. Isn't that? He's, well, he's the descendant of uh, Arsene Lupin. Lupin. Uh, I believe that's how the name is spelled um, or said. But yeah, um, that's a classic <laughs> literary figure. And for this one, the, char- the character of this TV show is inspired by that book, which is given to him by his father. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's okay. a tangential like thing. So yeah, is, is this both a, of them are spurred by the original. <laughs> is this a a a serious show or is it a comedic show? Serious, serious, serious. Ah. It's a yeah. detective series. Um, yeah, like so. In this one, it seems like there's this whole mystery kind of thing that we see where Lupin's father is blamed for the the theft of something. Um, and then through circumstances, uh, he ends up dead and Lupin's trying to get revenge for this and kind of piece together what actually happened with this other group, um, or family, I should say. And we're slowly getting given the plot of what that background story was and then seeing how he got to be who he is now because he is kind of an, an enigmatic figure so far, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I enjoy oh. it. Okay. That's all on right. Netflix. So that's on Netflix. Did you have another one? Nope. That's all I'll do. Uh, go, but go watch the trailer for Space Sweepers. <laughs> Comes out soon. A couple weeks. February 5th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, Jessica, what is it that you watched this week? I finished the first season of Harley Quinn on HBO Max. I love it. <laughs> I want to start season two right now. It's a miracle I'm talking to you guys instead of watching it. But um, <laughs> no, it's just it's really good, fun, crazy show. I've always liked Poison Ivy as a character. And so seeing her arc through the whole season was super nice, too. I really like Harley Quinn's development in it as well. And just all the funny jokes about superheroes and supervillains and how it's all a bunch of bull crap is also kind of sort of great fun thing to watch right now i just really needed a not serious so- show to watch so <laughs> and i also i kept on hearing at work playing kids songs all day on youtube kids it would cut to like basically a netflix kind of sort of commercial of showing the songs from a netflix movie called over the moon which oh, i think yeah. came out a few months ago yeah did it come out in December? Okay, I wasn't for sure when it came out. I remember trailers for it like six months ago, and then I completely forgot about it. But yeah, YouTube Kids just randomly plays videos all the time, and it was like just a collection of songs from this, and they all sounded so great. Like, this is like Broadway-grade songs. I'm like, I love it. So like, I went home that day, and I watched it, and it was it's really cute. The songs are all great, and it's the story of this girl who whose mother dies and her father's remarrying and she is so not okay with that. And her mother used to tell her a lot of folklore stories, Asian folklore stories. And one she particularly liked was one about this woman who is kind of sort of cursed with immortality and she has to live on the moon and she waits for her mortal husband that she left behind and died on earth. And so she's all sat on the moon. And so she thinks if she proves that that myth is real, then she can prove that her mom is waiting wherever else. And therefore her dad can't get remarried. So she tries to build a rocket to the moon 
and she gets <laughs> the moon and it's just it's great it's it's a good story about dealing with grief for kids um if if there's any negatives it introduces a lot of characters near the end like at the three quarter point of the movie where it's like too late to be injured like they kind of sort of introduce what i could only see as an olaf type character <laughs> but he's introduced like three quarters away from the movie like it just doesn't quite have the impact it should because it just feels forced but everything else I, I liked it it was great fun watch it's really cute animation like that cgi kind of sort of almost pixar-ish i guess animation and yeah, it was really good i like so in that one, there's there's kind of this turn to it that's kind of like a Coco moment early yeah. on. I, I really I really liked it. Like the, like you said, like the music is really good, and yeah. they show they show the character who is supposed to be like waiting on the moon, mm-hmm. um, and you get to see the main character kind of see that character, and they're like, "This is different than what I expected." Yeah, <laughs> it was incredible because like the first time you get told the story, you kind of sort of get told it from her mom from this. Like she had a painting of it on her scarf that she wore. And so it looks like Asian ink painting. And that's the whole, the story of this woman shop on the moon. And then you get to the moon and it's like, she's a pop star. And you're just like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) Like what happened? My one, actually one of my favorite kind of sort of writing bits from it was that, you know, she thinks it was an accident that this lady became immortal or whatever. But then later on, she hears her aunt say, no, no, she intentionally took both immortal pills. She was selfish and ended up up there. She didn't love him. Like, she mm-hmm. just wanted immortality. And you never actually get the answer towards exactly what happened to Changi. Like, you never got why she why she took the immortal pill or anything. That wasn't the point of it. The point of it was dealing with grief. And mm-hmm. that's what I liked because that's what I was worried it was going to be about. Like, oh, well, this is what happened to Changi. And this is why she's on the moon that was not it at all. The most important message was how to deal with grief and change and moving mm-hmm. on. And it, it nailed that message, I think very well. So I, I did also like the stepbrother kind of character. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I can run straight through walls. I'm good <laughs> at that. I'm good at it. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's cute. It's very cute. I love ping pong battle too. It was just <laughs> <laughs> adorable. You're just kind of watching it. You're just like, what is happening? Like this last half is like almost completely different from first half. Yeah. Just like, whoa. <laughs> but it's fun. It's good. I love it. And it's it's um the the voice of the Changi, the the goddess on the moon, is um Philippa Sue from um she plays Ezra Hamilton on Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. And that's why I was like, I was listening to the music and I was like, I know this voice. Like, why do I know this voice? And then I looked at the <laughs> cast and I'm like, oh, like that's why. And I love her voice. So, mm-hmm. so really good. I'll, that was just really good. Fun, fun watch. I suggest it. Netflix for that one. I wanted to say something about Harley Quinn is that um, I enjoyed oh. the show too. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I just think it's mm-hmm. funny that we're at a point right now with Harley Quinn as a character. Like I know that she's an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, they almost seem not to know what to do with the character, as in storytelling, in comic books, movies, or the show, to the point where she's not doing hero stuff or doing villain stuff. She's somewhere in the middle, and also they're just, like, telling a story. Like, because even in that thing, she's not yeah. really she's not really going out and committing any crimes or stopping any crimes. It's kind of just like the beginning, the whole first seasons are about how can I be the best villain? And then wait, no, I want to take down the villains. 
it's just her stealing a bunch of stuff and not i mean she kills people but she kills like the goons right like, <laughs> or like security like I won't. I don't want to say people that seemingly deserve it, but like she kills people <laughs> in self-defense. I guess you could say like she takes it to a point. But I did, and that's why I'm kind of like that's why I want to watch season two because I'm like, do they develop her character? Like, do they figure out where to place her? Because I really like her as a vigilante more than I like her like a Deadpool type is how I like her. Right. Sort of like he does things the wrong way and he murders and he <laughs> does things selfishly for himself, but in the long run, you know, he doesn't want bad people to take over and i thought that's where they were leading to try to get her character to be kind of i was hoping by the end but i'm i'm still not for sure i think actually my favorite part i like although i like harley quinn's development i like all of her side characters significantly more like clayface and king and the side what's his name psylocke like oh. he's a horrible person but yeah I find- the writing of his character just I hilarious. His, I forget what his name is. It's the the short guy with the the psychic powers, right? The psychic powers. Yeah. Like it's such a deplorable sort of like man of a character. Have there ever been any Doctor Psycho? Ever been any Harley Quinn arcs? Yeah, Doctor Psycho. There you go. Hmm. Have there ever been any Harley Quinn story arcs that don't involve somehow trying to get over the Joker? I mean, more than all of her stories now in the comic books are she has nothing to do with the Joker. Not really. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah. like the, even back in the animated stuff? What was the the thing that spurred her and like the girl gang, like Poison Ivy and everybody? Because he took her for granted. Was that what this one was? Because I didn't watch that show that much. The original, yeah. Yeah, okay. in the animated uh, series, it was it was a lot of the whenever she would he would you know ignore her, she would go and hang out with her friends, and she never really broke away from him in the animated series, but in the comic book, she does. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, huh. I, I do. I like. I was actually the other day I was going to tweet out this whole thing about the change of characters in comics and everything, because like Batman now at this point is basically just like this like weird vigilante brawler with like make like, yeah. like meat hooks on his hands half the he's, time he's not really a people. detective anymore like yeah. i always liked him to be an actual smart detective figuring mm-hmm. stuff out instead of yeah, beating like, it out of people yeah there, there's these like these weird halves of characters now where it's like some something that's trying to be this like idealized kind of character and these this other half that's whatever now people like mm-hmm. you know and i feel like harley quinn is the best case scenario for that one where she's like not changed a ton or anything. She's still this chaotic neutral kind of person almost. Yeah. But it's, I, th- I think the character has evolved since the nineties when she was created, you know? Oh yeah. It's interesting oh, yeah. to see. Cause I, I can't think of another character that was created that recently. That was, that's had that much of a glow up. Like Jubilee has not, but I mean, <laughs> Deadpool was created in the nineties also. Yeah. No, I, I take it back, but that, that was like an immediate glow up. <laughs> No, uh, it, it it wasn't until like Fabian Nasia got a hold of him that he actually became a popular character, a, a charismatic like character that people cared about. Mm-hmm. When when because originally he was still like he was still like the ripoff of Deathstroke, right? Yeah, exactly. He was just the silent yeah. mercenary, came in and mm-hmm. killed people. So mm-hmm. Fabian Nasia gave him it, that uh, that um, Merc with the mouth kind of personality, mm-hmm. and it helped. And how how much longer after that? Because I feel like that wasn't that many years, was it? I mean, it would have been the late nineties. Hmm. I would argue that it was early two thousands. 
it 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 might have been, yeah. I don't know. Someone get Franny on the line. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> where's the where's your bat phone? <laughs> so Jessica, was that the was that all the things you wanted to talk about or do you have any more? I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't remember sometimes. Oh, oh, I guess I have moved on from the new adventures of Pooh before I go to bed at night and now I'm watching the Lilo and Stitch series. Oh. That but, I completely forgot about. I used to love watching. So. With, with hamster veal. Yes. <laughs> with that one. It's, it's just such a cute little series of that, you know, he's 626. So where's all the other 625? And what do you do with them when they come to Hawaii on this island? And I think it's just so cute that, like, Lilo is like, well... You make earthquakes, you would be perfect if you worked here. Or like if you do this, then how about you work here? You're just misunderstood. You just need a job is basically what it looks like. These be a good consumer and start yes. working. Yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, like, it's kind of the same template as the later part of Steven Universe when they make uh, Earth like a little home world, you know? Yes, it really is. I did I was watching it and thinking that I was like, this is a lot like Steven Universe or Steven's like what if we use your powers to do this and then it helps people instead of you using it to fight a war kind of thing or in this case using it to just Wreak be havoc. evil <laughs> yeah. this, is exactly what we did. this is exactly what we did with soldiers returning from the Vietnam War a very successful public works campaign that applied people's skills to good right? that's what happened so when Steven starts talking politics we move on <laughs> thank you John what did you watch this week just got real we from cybernetics that's what happened <laughs> John what did you watch this week um I just totally got derailed I was actually going to ask a Harley Quinn related question I can't oh, remember okay. what it was I do yeah. remember what it was okay. uh, how do you like King Shark because that's my favorite character in the show. I love him. I love him in the show. I don't know how he's supposed to be. I don't think I knew King Shark outside of this show. He's not supposed I... to be like this. No, he's not. <laughs> okay. But it's okay. Well, I, he's one of my favorites. I I love it. I love I love the slight twist that he's possibly a girl too, it seems like. <laughs> there was like a really random joke and I can't remember how it went, but it was like when your mom tells you, I can't remember, it was like some sort of girl beauty joke. And he literally, and they all look at him and he's like, what? He's like shark genitalia or different or something like that. And I'm like, wait, is he a girl? What is this? What is this joke? I don't get it. Like, but no, it's just, he's, he's fun. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's fun. Clayface is probably my most favorite, really. The Clayface being an actor. It's also not supposed to be it's like Alan Tudyk. Yeah, it is Alan Tudyk. And Ron yeah, Funches makes King Shark. Yeah, See, and that gives me hope for, well, I mean, I already feel because of James Gunn that the Suicide Squad is going to be like just miles better than the original. But with King Shark being included and Taika Waititi not quite disclosing who he's playing, I'm really hoping that they go the, the Harley Quinn version of King Shark and he's, Taika Waititi's voice. He's just going to be Korg again, but in yeah. uh, as a shark instead of as I, a rock guy. I, I am in for that. <laughs> He's like, my name's King Shark. I'm a shark. <laughs> I'm the prince of the ocean, and uh, sometime I might be uh, going back. <laughs> <laughs> it just refers to everybody. as like, hey, man. 
All right, John. So, what did you watch this okay. week? <laughs> yes. All right. So I watched actually a lot of stuff, but like in small doses. The biggest thing I watched, uh, I've mentioned before, I'm a big fan of the Oceans series. And Oceans 8 is on HBO Max. Oh, oh okay. am I on? Yeah, it's, you're, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, I was getting some weird looks here. Uh, that just could be me. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I love the Oceans movies. I... I kind of avoided this one because I thought it was a remake just with the female cast. No, it's a direct continuation. So I was like, okay, cool. So I watched it. And it was actually kind of depressing in some ways because it, I don't know how much of it I should give away. But I mean, it's a two-year-old movie. I think it's been out long enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the, uh, the main character played by Sandra Bullock, I think her name is Debbie Ocean yeah. in this one. Right, because mm-hmm. it'd be Danny is, and Debbie. Uh, yeah, so she is Daniel Ocean's sister, younger sister, and Daniel Ocean died between Ocean's 13 and this one. Oh. They don't explain how. Uh, at the very beginning of the movie, she basically visits his grave or his mausoleum, and it's, you know it's a direct continuation because they actually reference Danny Ocean quite a few times including showing his picture and at least two of the original oceans cast members make cameos in here as well um there were supposed to be three matt damon apparently was supposed to be also a small part in this but they cut him out because this was right at the height of the me too movement and there was some stuff with him and weinstein and so yeah that was probably a wise decision um but uh it's a good story and i like all of the actresses that are in it and i like some of what they do um, i like how they address ageism in a not so subtle way mm-hmm. by making several references to like some of the characters by saying oh she's ancient why are, like why are we still using her for this whatever whatever and then they also poke fun of the fact that like oh this girl like is she even old enough to like drink or whatever you know, like when and like when referencing to like a new up-and-coming starlet um that being said i don't feel like the characters had the kind of chemistry that I felt was kind of integral to the original trilogy. Um, Like I said, I like the plot. I like how it all works out. I like how it's a smaller movie, you know, rather than doing these crazy, elaborate, uh, nigh impossible uh, heist, uh, like, projects for the originals. I mean, by the third movie, they're pretty ridiculous. But they're still entertaining. In this one, it's much more low-key. It's definitely more... It feels more contained. I mean, you have less people to work with, so it feels like a tighter story overall. But just that being said, the fact that they kill off the main character from the previous trilogy off-screen with no real explanation, I will give it some credit. It seems like they were maybe hoping this would be a new trilogy, so it would be Oceans 8, 9, and 10. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um because of the aforementioned cameos from the original cast members. And she makes a real quick reference in like one of her earliest scenes where she says to the grave, like, you better be in there. Hinting that he probably faked his death because in that line yeah. of work that you do, you know, that's what's going on. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it didn't do too well, probably because there were a lot of people like me at the beginning. They were like, nah, that movie looks like it's going to suck. It does. It really doesn't. It just didn't really quite hit the same marks for me it uses a lot of the same musical cues that the original does but they just feel a lot of context here because it's not the same tone well um, i think the pro- whereas- one of the also the problems is that they definitely the director whoever it is because I, I, I forget at the moment tries to copy the steven soderbergh like look and feel but it doesn't quite mm-hmm. come off right 
Yeah, it doesn't match. It definitely feels like it's somebody doing an imitation of that style rather than making it something different, which is, they should have done one or the other. They should right. have yeah. like gone note for note or give it a completely different spin. And because it's somewhere in the middle, yeah, it doesn't quite feel right. Like when people are talking to each other in the original, it's mostly like one shot and both characters are always in frame when they're speaking to each other. And here it does a lot of cutting back and forth and a lot of more handheld stuff. Where like there's a lot of movement, and it just doesn't feel right. It definitely feels like someone else was trying to do an imitation, and I think it's probably we all know the reasons why it didn't quite work for me. But that being said, it wasn't bad. It really was entertaining, and like I said, I definitely liked every single one of the people that they cast in it for mm-hmm. the the female roles. Everyone was good. Mindy Kaling was funny. Um, Helena Bonham Carter, great as the the British. Uh, what is she? A mo- uh, designer, fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how the motivation for everyone is pretty clear in it, and uh, I love Anne Hathaway in it as well. Like she's always pretty cool. See, and, and I in thought, this one, I like her role. Yeah, and I thought Kate Blanchett as the counterpart to Brad Pitt's character from the other three movies was just great. Like she did an amazing yeah. job. Well, Kate Blanchett's good in anything. This I mean, is true. Well, I mean, all just, of them are actually pretty good in everything they do. This is true, including Except for Aquafina. Uh, I, would, I don't like her. I, I understand that one. I do. I do. <laughs> you know, I don't mind her. She's definitely not my go-to Asian for a movie like this, but she's <laughs> breaking out. That's fair. I know, Steven. I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I, I can say those things. <laughs> um, that being said, so yes, Ocean's 8. It's not bad. I actually would recommend it to anybody if you do like the originals. Um, I also watched a I, bunch I, of YouTube. Before, before you get going, I, I really thought that last scene in that movie was going to be... Because she has the drink. Sandra Bullock has a, a, a martini or whatever at the mm. grave site of, mm. of George Clooney's character. I, I swear to God, I thought he was going to walk out right then. And he didn't. I... Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping for that. I, I was kind of pre-spoiled because I read the synopsis of it beforehand, or not even the synopsis, like a full explanation of the story um, on Wikipedia. So I knew he didn't make a cameo, and that's how I knew that Matt Damon was supposed to be in it also. So I already knew who the other two cast members from the original were going to be. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it definitely feels like it left it open for him to make a big reveal later on, maybe, like in the, the second or third part of it. And then you would have the 8 through 13. Right. I don't know what, might be sextology, I guess. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. this movie probably isn't going to get any further sequels. And that's kind of a shame because I would have liked to see where this would go from there. Because there is a fan theory that I've seen on Reddit about who could have potentially killed Danny Ocean. Because he has a long list of enemies just from these movies alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it would have been kind of interesting to see if there was like a much bigger plot that was being developed and... Um, maybe they would have like a Godfather scenario where like at the end of one of the movies you would just have a montage of all of these other like crime bosses just getting whacked, you know, and uh, would have been cool to see. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty much it for that one. Is the... I, I have never watched any of the Ocean's movies. Oh. Is the, the reason for the naming convention how many characters are in the movie? Who are, Technically, the, yes. How many people are on his team to, to commit the okay. heist? Okay. Yeah, so in each movie, they added one extra. Right. Yeah. I see. I've, just, <laughs> I, I've always been curious. And then when they went back to Ocean's 8, like, I obviously, like, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, it's Fast and Furious 4. You know, like, nothing like that. 
I was always like, what are the numbers? Yeah, no, eight people in the crew to do the heist, basically. Yeah. Okay. And then 11, There's actually... 11 people. Although 11 was based off of an original, I can't remember when it came out, an old heist movie. It was the Rat Pack. It was With the Sinatra Rat Pack, it's Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they, they had all those classic films that would be all the people who had the same like agency that they worked with. Yep. Or studio. Yeah. Which is uh, this is genius. What a great idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, there's actually a really good uh, a kind of a meta joke in Ocean's Twelve, where at the beginning of the movie somebody says, like, hey, who decided to call this job Ocean's Eleven? I, like I'm an independent contractor. We agreed on the Bellagio job or something like that. <laughs> like hey i didn't call it that that's what the, the you know bad guy would ever refer to them as so it's kind of a you know neat little cutaway to that <laughs> all right you also watch stuff on youtube oh yeah okay so one of my i don't know it's not even a really a guilty pleasure but i like watching reaction channels and review channels for things like trailers you know people i, I like seeing other people's reactions to stuff because I feel like other people have are generally more excitable. Like, if I had a reaction channel, it would be the most boring shit ever. Because I'd just be looking at it like, hmm. hmm. And yet people <laughs> over here are like, when there's a big reveal or something, like in the, the Batman trailer, when Batman just goes like mental on that one Joker thug, and he just does not stop beating the shit out of him. Like, people are just like, whoa, you know, like just having these like wide eye, like, holy shit, that's amazing. Or like, oh, crap, dude. Um... So yeah, I watch a lot of those. And another thing I found is uh, I love watching reaction videos of, let's say, people who are more into hip-hop venturing out into like the world of rock or mm. alternative. Uh, These yes. are really fun. Yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of channels I watch for people like this. Uh, there's one called I Mr. Video. On. Yeah. Real yeah. Life Shack. So, Real Life Shack, I think, is the one that I, I watch sometimes. Yeah, there's so many, and they're all pretty good. And um, so, yeah, I like watching a lot of these. There's one that I just came across recently um, who is called Sean Track, S-H-A-U-N-T-R-A-C-K. And uh, this is a Spaniard. He kind of looks like PewDiePie a little bit. Um, so when I clicked on it and I started watching them, like, yeah, I was like, whoa, wait, what, what's going on here? Because uh, here is like this blonde dude. Um, who's speaking, you know, Castilian. I'm like, whoa, okay. And so he does reviews of Latin American music. So still in Spanish, oh. but from a continent away. Interesting. And he's, he's also uh, apparently a producer and professional musician in his own right. Because one of the things I like that he does is he breaks down the music as well. And he has like his own little studio set up where he's got a keyboard, guitars, bass, little drum pads. And if there's a part he likes, he'll stop it and says, okay, I like what they're doing here because in the search phrase, they ask a question musically and he plays it on this keyboard or on the guitar. And I was like, oh, wow. So it just gives you kind of like a different way of looking at the music that I never really have done before. Um, one wow. of the reasons why Amadeus is like in my top five is because I love the interplay between Salieri and Mozart. Mm -hmm. where Salieri worked his whole life to like learn music and yet here comes Mozart just like blowing him away and he does it like it's nothing um, yeah it's um so 
He has um, perfect pitch, it sounds like, the person you listen to. He can hear something and know exactly what chords are being played and how they're being played. Oh, yeah, and it's beautiful to watch because he does it right then and there. And he also, I mean, being a producer, he also likes to break down what effects people are using. So, Mm -hmm. like, there's this one part in one song where it starts with, like, a guitar slide and it's got, like, some heavy distortion. And he was like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of neat. Here, let me see if I can do that. And he pulls out a guitar. And he says, this is the only one that I have with a whammy bar. But it sounds like this is what he's doing. And he does it perfectly. He just, like, hits a note and then hits the whammy bar. And it just goes like, like that. It sounds like a airplane kind of flying by or something. It sounds really cool. Hmm. Um, others, he'll actually put in, like, a Pro Tools program. And he'll actually have all of the different tracks separated. And he'll analyze them one by one in some cases. Yeah, you, and, can get, you can get song stems to like, like from different websites and stuff to actually go through projects for big songs and everything. No idea how those get out there, but it's super interesting. Yeah. yeah so this particular guy, like I said, if you're interested in just seeing someone like geek out about music and like play the stuff live, like it's nothing. Um, it, it's really fun to, to like just kind of see that break it down. Um, and there's also another one that I like watching called Mixed Reactions, who is actually a mixed reaction channel aggregator. So he goes around and records the different reactions to, like, let's say, for instance, the Luke Skywalker reveal from The Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. Um, he'll actually take some of the best reactions online and put them all in one video. Hmm. So you don't have to look at all these different reaction channels. He'll just get some of the best ones. Uh, one of my favorites that he did recently was also the reveal for Sephiroth on the Smash Brothers uh, game. Right. The reveal that, that was a crazy moment. I saw a lot yeah, of those. Uh, those were awesome, yeah. And, and that's what I like. I like seeing genuine human reactions. Uh, I feel sometimes like I'm dead inside and have no soul. So I wanted to see what real people uh, to have joy in their heart, you know, look at things like. I understand this deeply. Oh, <laughs> uh, I loved uh, Liz's reaction right there. That was pretty good. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, no, this is real, John. I'm right there with you. Sometimes I'm like, how, how do people react when they get presents and things? I wish I could yeah. do that. I mean, like, I wish I could have been the N64 kid, you know, when that came out. Like, that would have been amazing. So, Instead, I was like, oh, cool, N64. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I I didn't say this on the podcast, but when I was watching the last episode of The Mandalorian, I was in my room. And my mom was in the living room. And the X-Wing came. And it was a single X-Wing. And I paused it. And I went out. I told my mom, Mom, it's freaking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> And she's like, like, what? And I was like, is it going to be Sebastian Stan or like a weird Mark Hamill that looks younger? Let's go find out. And like ran back to my room. Like, if you had gone back and started watching it, then it's like, oh shit, no, it's Darth Maul. I was so wrong. Oh no, he's killing Grogu. Oh no. no. Yeah, I, I annoy the crap out of my mother watching anything in general because I do react like that now. I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. I probably could record myself reacting to stuff. Right, like for some people could really like make a good channel out of it. I would not. Like, I'm a good watcher of reactions. I think I'm a reaction voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> okay, was is, is that <laughs> all the things note. you wanted to talk about, John, or did you have more? I think I've said enough. Okay. <laughs> I think I've said enough. I wish I, I, I want like a reaction video thing for ASMR stuff because I want to see how other people under like how they feel about these things. Uh, I, I, I can already that see that going really bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be them watching quiet videos of stuff and then going, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. You see people's, people's eyes rolling to the back of their head. Yeah, they're just like, oh, man, it's bubble wrap. Oh, she's going to do the bubble wrap. <laughs> uh, but from- anyway, WandaVision, right? Disney has a TV show. No, I'm just kidding. Mitch, do yours. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I just have the one show that I just watch. <laughs> I just had the one show that I wanted to talk about this week. Um, I watched uh, a Netflix series starring or hosted by one of the best scenery-chewing actors we know to date. Nicolas Cage, host of The History of Swear Words. And I would say this was just a fun little Talking Heads series. Like, it's, it's, it's a bunch of people that, you know, they just get up there and they you you have scientists or or historians or whoever it is that that knows the what it is about the entomology of the word uh you have nicholas cage just screaming out the, the curse words or whatever the one that is for that episode and i loved them all but surprisingly i liked damn the most the very last one and i think mm-hmm. the reason i liked that one the most was because like how they even talk about it in the episode is that, you know, no one really considers damn a curse word anymore, a swear word. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's literally the first curse word. Like you curse someone to hell, you damned them to hell. And uh, just to hear people talking about it and, and taking it so serious when I, I don't consider it a curse word that would, it just tickled me. It, I just, I laughed throughout most of the episode. I just thought it was the best, which, which is funny. Cause I thought that was going to be the episode I liked the least. So I, I didn't get to actually watch that episode. We watched the first couple. It's not a long series of no. what they have them so far. Uh, I really, I, I want them to do another, another season of it. I really thought they were going to do the big C man. I, so did I. I'm surprised they didn't. <laughs> I really thought they were going to because that's one of the most loaded possible words to cover. But that's oh, only yeah. in the American side of the English language. Like they use it over in England and it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, well, that's, that's the reason why I want to see it because I want to see how they discuss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like honestly, they, they go into it being different between different cultures as well True. in some of those episodes. Where like no, you're talking countries- about cur, right? C U R R. Absolutely. No other <laughs> word possible. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like th- they talk about how different countries and everything, they it's a lot like weaker version of the word or it's much more commonplace of a use. Um, and so it has less power. But that's a big power one. Yeah. It has a lot of history behind it, which is entirely what etymology is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, and then I, I like when they when they do fuck in the first episode, and they're talking about how you know some people will say fudge or farg or whatever. <laughs> it's like you're just replacing it; it's still the same. Like <laughs> just someone has just deemed fuck to be too bad, but you could say fudge all you want. Like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous, and I always thought that that was ridiculous. I always thought that was just Wait, weird. When, so when I was a little kid, uh, John, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, uh, have you ever seen, it was on HBO a long time ago, but Robert Wool, um, mm-hmm. who you, if you don't recognize the name, he was the co-reporter on the original Batman along with Vicky Vale. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a special on HBO a long time ago where he basically did something like that. He was doing like a guest lecture. For some reason it was filmed and it had its own little special. 
he was doing some kind of lecture at a college or mm-hmm. university about the history of swear words and etymology, and he definitely goes into the history of fuck also. I was just wondering if you've ever seen that one. Yeah, but in that one, he talks about how it comes from uh, archers, and they would pluck their their bows. Cool. And they would, because uh, that would also be where the middle finger came up, because you would pluck your bow with your middle finger. But the when the English caught the French, or when the French caught the English, they would cut off their middle finger. So to taunt the the enemy, they would lift up their middle finger because they still had it and say "pluck you," but it came up mm-hmm. being "fuck you." But see, but this one has a different like history of the word "fuck," which oh. it's. I think it's. I think that's interesting. Like the. There's multiple histories, multiple origins. Typically the case. Typically the case in words. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and in most things. Yeah. yeah. Stories, uh, reasons we do things certain ways, recipes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like here, That's we all. eat the eggs from the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, we butter our bread on the yeah. downside. Yeah. I have... <laughs> I have noticed recently, and I don't know if it's because of the amount of historians I follow now on TikTok, but like there has been all of a sudden a sort of realization within the historian world quite recently that maybe perhaps people are liars and that we can't always trust their biographies and stuff that were written hundreds of years ago. Like, oh, wait, no, people are still people and they've been people since the beginning of time. So it's just so fun to be like, why is Machiavelli writing about this situation when, oh, wait a minute, he wasn't even there. Like, yet mm-hmm. people really believe what he writes as the account was true, but he was actually way across Italy at the time. It's just like, it's just, it's it's fun. I don't know. It's just so fun. History's yeah. fun. Agreed. History, no, that's etymology. Like the, it's all fun. In, in the, um, I guess, like, in-house other podcast love of pages there's a book that we read where there's a whole group of people who are collectors of history and they very much have a standing rule of not discounting another mm-hmm. uh, like account of events even if it's clearly false because that's yeah. it still might have like some kernel of truth or it's that person's truth to the thing mm-hmm. i say it's, and, on, it's an interesting one. and on that podcast you can hear my entire rant about the distinction between modernist and postmodernist historiographies <laughs> and how yeah. historians actually document history and collect mm-hmm. uh works mm-hmm. so but that's for another mm-hmm. that's that's a in of itself a 15 minute rant so we should probably go on to WandaVision <laughs> well wait Stephen had a story that he, an anecdote he wanted to say about when he was a kid no when, when um, I was I was gonna like glaze over this and I was gonna go past it but no um, when I was a little kid uh, I've talked about before I grew up Mormon and everything and one of the things that happened was that they had this whole lesson that went down to all of the kids and everything from like the top dude uh, and, he, and he it was supposed to be this whole thing about how if you say the if you say the other words like dang and fudge and crap and everything you might as well be saying damn fucking shit you know and as a little kid I was like huh they got a real good point there you know it's the intent in your heart damn fuck shit damn fuck and so I just said the real words because I'm saying them anyway it's like seeing a curse in Harry Potter you have to mean it yeah, yeah. The, there's, there's power in a word yeah. <laughs> yeah so I just I just went with it I was like I'm not actually trying to damn anybody so I'm just gonna say damn <laughs> <laughs> alright so let's get into Disney Plus's WandaVision the first official MCU series because I don't know if Agents of Shield counts, and whoa! Wait, you're okay. saying the the whole series from the seventies is not official? 
the whole, no, it's definitely not no. part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And and I I mean I don't know if the the next Netflix shows can count as MCU or not. I mean I know they take place in the MCU kinda, but uh, so these are the Kevin Feige Marvel Studios MCU TV series that are on Disney Plus. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. WandaVision is the first one. It was supposed to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but due to COVID and pandemic, that got pushed back. I think we're getting that in March, I think is what the last thing that we heard. But huh, okay. uh, WandaVision, two first two episodes, they don't have titles for these episodes. It's just one episode one and episode two. What did everybody think? I liked them. I very much liked them. It was very nostalgia based like though because I just I used to watch these shows before I went to school. I didn't watch cartoons. I watched like Bewitched and I Dream a Genie and it was just so spot on. Actually the first episode I think reminded me more of the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> in style and in joke. And so, like it just it, like like this feels like this is straight a script from the Dick Van Dyke show where they forget a date and <laughs> get confused like it just it really did and then the second show starts and instantly I was like oh it's later on it's like another decade this is 60s this is like I Dream a Genie or Bewitched mm-hmm. and the whole set changed and the way but I even noticed like the way the actors moved through through the scenes had changed mm-hmm. like and especially the way they yeah, yeah, especially Wanda. Like the first episode, it was like she was dancing, like that perfect 1950s housewife, always had her hands up in the air and like always walking on her toes. And then, then the next one, where it's like, you know, kind of sort of the startish of a second women's rights movement kind of sort of thing. And the female characters are a bit stronger. She's walking stronger and not like a ballerina anymore. Wearing she's pants. wearing pants. <laughs> yeah, and, and also she's wearing pants, which does help with, but it's just like, yeah, that's, I just, that's gotta be so fun to act and so fun. To, like to me, it made it fun to watch because I feel like the actors are like, yeah, this is hilarious. This is great. So, and the fake commercials and all that. It's just, <laughs> it's fun. And then also because it's so fun and then like, there's always that one scene where it flips where you're, like Wanda's figuring out something's wrong or whatever. And it gets so tense that I'm like, it's like all of a sudden feeling like a horror thriller to me from like this 1950s sitcom, which I thought it was just so well done. I really mm-hmm. like the show. Yeah. Elizabeth. I really enjoyed it. I struggled with some of it because there is some, and I struggle with the Dick Van Dyke show and Bewitched because there's so much awkwardness in a lot of those shows, <laughs> and I always struggle with that, but I liked it. I, I, and I got a little bit more in episode two, but in the first episode, I was like, is this all it is? Like, is it just them placed in old TV shows, or is there something mm. more? And I really wanted so- there to be something more, and I, Obviously, it got a little bit more in episode two, so I'm kind of hoping for that, I guess, is really where I'm at. I think the acting's been phenomenal so far. Um, I've did, did you go... Go ahead. Did, did you go into it without seeing any trailers or anything, then? Correct. Uh, you oh, are yeah. so lucky. <laughs> that, would be, that would be great. You're just like, wow, I really want more from this, and then you get some like hints at it, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm really good about having my head in the sand on a lot of things like this, <laughs> so it's not really difficult yeah, for me. Better. <laughs> what about you, Stephen? What's, what was your initial thoughts or your initial thoughts coming out of the first two episodes? I really liked it. Honestly, like I enjoyed it. Um, I, I think I, w- I was really glad when they brought in um, the actress for Kitty from that 70s show. Like, oh yeah. That was yeah thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That would have been um, one of my big reactions too, as I literally got a mom. Oh shit. It's Kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but as, as far as like other stuff goes, like I won't go in, in depth with any, uh, any particular things that I liked um, for story or anything. Cause we'll mm-hmm. talk about those things, but I liked it. And John. Um, I liked it. I was really looking forward to it. Um, I have seen all the trailers, so I kind of know where they're going with this. And I was already in from the start. I was like, oh, they're going to do something like this then. And I can't wait to see it all play out. I love the style that we have so far, how we're decade jumping. Uh, The commercials were great. The little subtle uses of color here and there, which are hinting towards something bigger. Mm -hmm. And... uh, yeah, but especially that whole sounding like you're in this idyllic 1950s like Pleasantville situation and then like something from a horror movie starts to set in, like everything just gets really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then how it snaps back and things change and things like that. I really like it. Yeah, uh, I would say the same is that I, I'm super just happy that we're getting MCU stuff again. Like just being able to <laughs> be back in this world. Uh, like The last thing we had was spider-man homecoming and it's just it's been a while so um i yeah (laughs) so i was looking i was was looking forward to this and i i'm enjoying the first two episodes i really hope in the third episode we're getting more of the mystery the mystery box of the show and you do Mm -hmm. yeah in the third episode uh yeah not to cut you off there but yeah just as a real quick aside the screener that reviewers were sent including were the first, the three, first episodes. three episodes yeah. oh. and most everybody's saying that in the third one is where things start to really shape up mm. yeah just I mean as we saw from the end of the second episode we're, we're getting more reveal of maybe who it is that's possibly doing this to Wanda and Vision or whoever it is that is responsible for her being some, whatever's going on to her is happening I don't think I don't. This is later on. I guess we're talking about stuff. I don't think anyone else is doing this to her. I don't either. There, there, there's some. There's some stuff that we saw that hints at things that, like every once in a while in MCU stuff, there's something where you get to have some forewarning of things if you're a comic book person, you know. And there's definitely some stuff in here for some of that. Mm-hmm. Like so, there. There's kind of like a. I don't know. I guess you would say like a like a sister agency for Shield that I, that we see referenced in here yes sword yes. yeah sword sword is kind of yeah it's i mean obviously sword and shield sword is mm-hmm. supposed to be the agency that protects earth from alien uh yeah we've got forces we've got sentient world observation and response department i had to look it up because i do not remember <laughs> oh, wow. that anymore no no <laughs> <laughs> and i i you know i don't think that they ever really stuck with it in the comic books either it's agreed yeah otherwise they they would have been almost like intertwined into almost every story of the last 20 years (laughs) (laughs) so going into the comic books a little bit just for those who might not know 
um, in 2004, there was a storyline in Marvel Comics called The Ventures Disassembled. This mm-hmm. essentially review, revealed that Wanda is one of the most powerful vil- uh, uh, mutants in the, in, mm-hmm. the, in the universe because her powers are reality-based. Like, she can actually mm-hmm. change reality around her. To the mm-hmm. point in Avengers Disassembled, she, she made Tony Stark act like he was drunk in front of uh, the world because he was the, the Secretary of Defense for the United States at the moment, and he was drunk at the podium. Um, he, she blew up an airplane full of people with Hawkeye in it and uh, a few other things. By the end of that story, uh, she creates House of M, which is the is she changes the world so that only mutants are the powerful uh, species and humans were regulated to what happens to mutants. So in the, in this idea, I think that's where Steven was going with that. She's probably doing this to herself and she is recreating a world around her where she can live with vision. Doesn't she also do that in the comics? Because I thought when I was looking up her character, because I liked her character so much, I always look up their comic book past. And I thought after one of, whenever she and Vision were dating in the, I don't know what time period it was within comics, but there was a plot line in which she invented that they had children. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even realize she was doing it. She thought it was real. Mm-hmm. And then after she realized it's not real, then I think she goes crazy and turns evil, if I remember correctly. Um, so it's, it's, is it also that too? Yeah, it is or a little bit of that because kind of- because when she first showed up, her mutant power was called uh, Hex Power. Basically, she had right. the ability to create little bad luck or good luck things had to happen. Like it was just hexing people, like cursing mm-hmm. them kind of thing. So her ability then was that she was lucky enough to get pregnant, but it was, it all ended up being not true because vision isn't quite human. And you know, mm-hmm. she's got her own uh, DNA issues, but that's the bigger part of, of Avengers disassembled later on. Cause that was a story story early on in the Avengers disassembled is, uh, Janet Van Dyne, while they're all hanging around the pool at one point, goes, oh, yeah, and you remember, Wanda, when you used to have kids? And because she had totally blocked <laughs> that out of her mind, she uh-huh. she broke, mentally broke. She's like, I did have kids, and you guys made me get rid of them. So she yeah. took it out on the rest of the Avengers. So yeah. there's, there's a lot there. So I, I feel like yeah. we might be getting towards this. Yeah, It's yeah. not my... I hope it's not that. I know it's going to be that, but because it, it's just not my favorite plot line where, like, the woman's biggest turning evil point is the fact that she can't have kids. Well, I don't, I don't think I don't like, think we're going to necessarily get them having kids because of that. Like that's that's not the cause of it. I don't think. I think there's other stuff to that yeah, one. And, and there is other stuff. And her character so far in the MCU has been through a lot of trauma. Like it makes sense she would go a little mental. But like I just I hope it's just not because of that. I want a family and kids thing mm. like it was in the original comic books. Because that just like ugh like. <laughs> I think what Gross. you'll you'll see at <laughs> yeah. the end of this one because it will be a combination of this story, and then also the Vision story where Vision himself yeah. went and created four kids or two kids of his own mm-hmm. and a wife. So it's going to be mm. a combination of his superiority or his computation superiority and her abilities to create two kids that they will have once the series mm-hmm. ends. And assuming that he also comes back to life, um, it'll be interesting for them to try to 
Poe's vision as this like superior character after he basically swallowed gum and was drunk for an episode. <laughs> I mean, that was the 1960s sitcom husband that was just fair. The, yeah, the exactly. Clutch, Apparently, yeah. it really gummed up the works. It really yeah. did. Mm. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> now, the the other th- the one thing that I don't think necessarily well no I'll leave it till the end because it happens at the end never mind. Oh, I mean, I'm totally okay with skipping around. I was going to say, we've been kind of skipping around, so. Well, I'm literally going to talk about the credit sequence. Okay. So, I think that uh, (laughs) some of the bigger clues, so to speak, would definitely be your your fake commercials that you saw. So, uh, the Strucker watches. You know, Strucker Mm -hmm. was in the MCU timeline. Von Strucker was the one that actually gave Wanda her powers by using the um, scepter on her. Um, Oh, right. Von Strucker in the comic books is also the creator of AIM, which is notably in the comic books uh, referred to as the beekeeper bad guys because they wear an mm-hmm. outfit that looks like beekeepers, which we then see beekeepers coming out of the manhole later on. Oh, um, cool. Thanks for that one. Thank you. I was gonna thank ask you. <laughs> that was going to be my ultimate question. The, th- the, yeah. other, the other interesting thing is that we've seen AIM in the MCU already because they were a big part of uh, Iron Man 3. That's right. So they had um, Guy Pierce's character created advanced intelligent machines. Is that what it was called? I, think I so. got nothing. Yeah, something like mechanics. It was advanced intelligent <laughs> mechanics. And that, that's also what they are in the comic books, but I think they're going to go with more he was just using the name just like he used the name of the Mandarin in that third movie and these are the real aim people and uh, they are either helping Wanda or containing Wanda. We'll, we'll end up having mm-hmm. to find out. So then what role does Dottie play? Because she clearly is the only one that's like, something's not right here with Wanda and vision. Which one was Dottie? She was the, the mean innocence. cul-de-sac the lady. Mean, oh yeah. yeah. Which the head of the PTA go, going back mm-hmm. to, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that, that is played by Emma Caulfield, who played Anya on Buffy the Vampire Slayer for a very long time. Ah. Um, I don't know. I think I think what we're going to find out is that everybody that she is seeing in the world that she's creating is someone outside of the world. So she might be yeah. another patient or another doctor or something. I mean, okay, almost- but then why is she the only one who recognizes something is off? Everybody else seems fine to just accept... I think just what, that's just at this two point, at this him? point. That's true. Kitty. M- M- Mrs. Hart was like, stop it. Stop yeah, it. She was getting a lot more serious. So, But then yeah. she snapped right back into it's all fine. And so did Dottie. Yeah, so did Dottie, yeah. Even, Even though she though cut she her hand. Cut, <laughs> she snapped right back into it. Um, I really thought she was going to say hydrogen peroxide. She didn't, like, I didn't think she was going to give a life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> oh. you, you clearly don't hang around PTA moms enough. <laughs> was she PTA oh, mom or was she uh uh was it she, she's junior a junior society? She well she's definitely probably a part of the junior league, but she in that in this That's role true. she is definitely PTA mom because this is about the school fundraiser. It's for the kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for the kids. For, yeah. for the kids. For the kids. She's yeah, like a mini go mini, hail like, Hydra? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very much that was very weird that they would do a whole call response kind of gimmick there. So it's it, you know very much cult like. So what it is they were, what are they trying to tell us at this point? Well, I think everyone's being oh, subjected yeah. to this like expectation kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So 
you were trying to say something else right there, Stephen. Oh, I was just gonna make a joke about her being like a like a minivan mom, like mean girl. <laughs> um, I, yeah. What does everybody feel about Catherine Hahn's character and her performance? Because I enjoyed it a, a bit, the oh, a bunch. Yeah, the the neighbor. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, she's the neighbor. Okay. Like yeah. No, love her. Perfectly casted. <laughs> yeah, in everything she's ever been in, she's been yeah, great. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of Anna Gasteyer, just for like her overall look. Yeah, it's a different actress altogether. But if you uh, if you me Gasteyer vibes. If you watched a show in the mid two thousands called Suburgatory with Jane Levy, like that was mm-hmm. Anna Gasteyer's character completely in that. So mm-hmm. yes, it's yeah. very much the I have everything prepared and ready because I'm a good housewife kind of thing. Yep. Um, despite the fact that my husband won't eat anything but <laughs> well I, th- I also think it's interesting <laughs> I, I also think it's interesting that they don't show Ralph like even when yeah, they were at the ever. the meeting it's, it's a classic it's a, yeah, classic. It is a classic yeah and but like also even when they do the joke at the um the talent show and she's like can you make my husband disappear and it's such an odd angle shot showing that she's sitting on the half of a table and you're not allowed to see that other half of the table ever <laughs> like, well, it's like who, who is it um it's vera you know it's norm's wife who he always takes pot shots at you know oh. in cheers like it's it's the classic thing if if you actually see the person you're like oh damn like they're being really mean to that person you know? yes. <laughs> like, you know, if you don't see them yeah and like or, or until we saw like another Cheers, Fraser person until until we finally saw like Fraser's actual ex wife, you know. Uh, so the the first commercial was the Toastmaster One Thousand, right? Mm-hmm. From Stark, mm-hmm. from Stark Industries. It obviously has the red gem in the middle, just like uh, well, I guess Vision had a yellow gem, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's supposed to be a red gem in the comic books. That's why I got confused. But uh, I think that, I mean, obviously it has something to do with it. There's Whereas, also the charge up sound was like the repulsor sound. That's true. Mm-hmm. That was, that was true. Um, See, to me, it was just the blinking red light that occurs in when you're getting ready to do it when a camera's on. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The red light turns on on the camera. Tell you I'll that you're that on as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's got to be some significance because so far the only color we've seen is red up until everything becomes colorized. We have yeah, the blood, we, we got the yellow. Getting, we did get yeah, yellow on a the helicopter. The Which are both classic vision colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I'm going to say that the red and the yellow is vision trying to mm-hmm. wake Wanda up and be like, hey, these are the things that are not right. Because I still think that this is part of the thing that Shuri was able to pull out of Vision before he was killed. And this is Wanda like wrapping herself up in it, trying to get him to come out or come back to life. Or or maybe she's just in depression and like gone into a cocoon or something. Um, healing. Huh? That idyllic healing. life. Healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In an idyllic life. Yeah. I mean, which in Sokovia, she probably only had a bunch of old TV shows to watch. That was exactly what I was thinking watching this was like, it's her childhood dreamlike state of the show she used to watch because that is what they probably would have gotten in her childhood so mm-hmm. um. the american dream so yeah. does that make the guys sitting at the computer during the credits part of wakanda they i think they're sword they're definitely sword because you see a sword book on his on his on his desk but 
could it be a sword outpost in Wakanda? Yes. Could it be? Uh, could it be whatever it is at the end of Spider-Man: Homecoming, where you know Sam Jackson or Nick Fury is up on a obvious satellite somewhere? Because that's where Sword's supposed to be. It's supposed to be in outer space. Okay. So mm-hmm. that could be. They could be out there. Who knows? Because we really don't know what happens to Wanda after the events of Endgame. Like you see her at the funeral, but after that, what what could ha- what could have happened to her? She doesn't show up in. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and that's all we've gotten so far. <laughs> uh, far from home. Oh, yeah, sorry. Far from home. Thank you. Um, now, I have a question, Mitch. Um, I mean, here we have this Chudy Free Vision. This is the one that we've had for a while, and I think it was the original color scheme as well. Mm-hmm. But there's also a pure white version in the comics I've seen before, and in one of the video games. What's up with that? So, the pure white version... <laughs> the home team jersey. <laughs> that's right it's home team versus away team no so when he vision in the comic books got his soul quote unquote soul taken from him the one that would have came from wonder man he lost all the color in him so he became white so at the end of mm. infinity war when thanos rips the mind stone out of his head uh he went he went grayscale which was supposed to be kind of an homage to that which i assume is also the reason why she did black and white tv shows Hmm. Hmm. so if he's getting his soul back and it's piece by piece because a wanda is there that's why we're now in color at the end of the second episode what show do you think they will be copying parodying in the in the 70s now because we went 50s for Vic and dyke 60s was bewitched 70s is I, that's so i dreamed of brady bunch mm-hmm. Bra- i was brady thinking bunch. brady bunch yeah I, dreamed of, I was thinking i dreamed of genie is that 70s i can't remember when that it was, was late late 60s late, late 60s, 60s or 70s i mean it might not be an exact like uh yeah one-to-one but mm-hmm. uh yeah. I, I definitely I think with with her being pregnant like we're going to be getting a more of a Brady Bunch or or uh, yeah. something else where the baby was an important part of the show. I yeah, think we'll, there we'll wasn't get... pregnancies in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> well, they lived. No, in... well, I mean, not, not as much on TV for sure. You the, just yeah. got, you the kids kids sprang fully formed from their heads. I mean, little Ricky <laughs> just showed like, up one day. <laughs> yeah, like on. Well, they make a reference to it in the. I think it was the second episode. Um, their beds are separate. Yep, because that's how they had them in like the fifties, and it right. wasn't until later. I think like I Love Lucy was the one that was like revolutionizing a lot of things because a it was an interracial couple, mm-hmm. um, and b yeah they also showed like a single bed as opposed to the two separate ones. Whereas before, I think it was always like, oh no, no inappropriateness is going on here, and so well, and I, I like love, how there's I Love Lucy was the first to show a birth, right? Ooh, I don't know. I don't I- know. I just I know in I Love Lucy they did have the separate beds at least at one point when I used to watch the show. So I don't know if eventually they went I've, to having uh, one bed. It was on a very long time though, right? I it was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. and it changed what, what too. It went from I Love Lucy to Lucille Ball show. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was I uh, Love Lucy in Lucy Goes to the Hospital. Ooh, look at that! What huh. was the What was the show where at the end of the show? They had that whole finale that basically retconned the events of the entire series. The Bob Newhart show. Bob, Thank yeah. you. Because it was the it was it was the Newhart show, and then there was the Bob Newhart show. 
Uh-huh. And then, or it was, it was the new Bob Newhart show or something like that. And basically at the end of the second series, he wakes up in bed and he's, he, he tells his wife, he's like, I don't know. I was the innkeeper of this weird, like cabin <laughs> hotel in the middle of the woods. And that was the whole premise of the second show. I'm curious to see if we get a reference to that kind of thing, because even as recent as the finale of Breaking Bad, they did a whole separate ending for Breaking Bad that was on the DVDs, I believe, that had yeah. Hal waking up next to his wife and telling her that he <laughs> he remembers having been this terrible man. He's like, I was the one who knocked. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's, it's still in the cultural zeitgeist, so we could get something like that, and I'd be I would love that very much. Well, we kind of get that in the second episode where you know. Sh- they, she does the whole rewind thing. Like we see the mm. man come out of the manhole and she's like, no, I'm not ready wow. for yeah. this. So rewind. And that's when we get the pregnant Wanda. So instead of see that, which makes me think that the beekeeper or the aim or whoever you want to call is, is someone there that's supposed to get her out. She would rather go on with the fantasy. Thus, Hey, the new plot point, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is like a total recall situation going on right now. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, did, did anyone else expect there to be a... Well, did anyone watch the entirety of the credits? Yes. 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 I think so. Did anyone else expect there to be a different icon at the end than the rings at the end of the two episodes? Oh. Like it would change per episode? I would expect... I was expecting something to change in the credits for each episode, especially since we're not getting any in-credit scenes like we normally get for an MCU movie. But... Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised that it didn't. I was very sad. I, <laughs> now, I am glad you brought up the end credits, though, because I really loved how they played around with like the um, the CRT. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I don't know what you call those individual. Like uh, now, we would just call them LEDs, but whatever they're called back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, I was trying to be, remember the name of it. <laughs> I can't remember yeah, how the the how you have the three basic colors red green and blue that make up all the colors on the old CRT monitors. Mm-hmm. I love how they're using those to like make these images. That was really neat. Yeah, that like that blew me away. The first part when the the end credit thing kind of like they they zoom in on them and you kind of see them like break apart as they get closer. I was like, oh, I can, I can create that effect. I wonder if like I should do something for Geekly if we did a video version. <laughs> and then they went past it and they just did insane things with it. And I was like, nope, that ends that. I can't do any of that shit. <laughs> 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 like they they really went all out and it was very very cool. I don't know if it's the same company that did. Um, the opening sequence that we see for the Marvel stuff with the comics, with the slideshow. Uh, Cause that company is called perception, but they did that stuff back in the day and perception does really cool things. Even just their actual company logo movement is gorgeous, but they haven't tweeted out anything. Cause I follow them cause they do such cool stuff um, about WandaVision aside from seeing that opening sequence on there. They haven't claimed responsibility for it. And I didn't watch the credits closely enough to see if, if that was them. But that end sequence is amazing. Uh, I also think that the mystery bo- or the box of mystery well, cabinet of mystery is I don't know if it's important or if it was a red herring but I mean obviously it has the Mind Stone emblem uh, logo or a shape on the box, which was, you know, a big part mm. of vision. So I don't know if that was m- yeah. more important, especially since at one point at the end of it, when she has to cover for him, like that Geraldine is in there. So I don't know if it's a, a thing that we'll see come into play more or not, but 
Might have just been a red herring. I think it's just a red herring. Okay. Do we know anything? Did, did anyone here read that Vision series from a few years back? I own it. I have not read it. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if they like cribbed anything from it. Kind of like how they do for all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, but I imagine they have to have. Because even just seeing those covers back in the day, it was very much the like nuclear family kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Nuclear I mean, power definitely family. his clothing is cribbed from that. Because he loves to mm-hmm. wear all those cardigans and, and suits in that comic book. Uh. Any big surprises anybody is looking forward to or hoping will happen in this series? Because, I mean, one, it's already an MCU movie, and two, it's a Disney Plus series. So any uh, Boba Fett or uh, Luke Skywalker surprises someone is hoping for? Hmm. Not so much. I, I think we oh. we definitely see someone from other things, but I don't know who that will be in this. Okay. I think uh, I think we know that it's this is supposed to lead right into the Doctor Strange sequel, so Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is brave considering this also has the like like mind tweak horror stuff to it. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure at some point we will see Doctor Strange show up or yeah or Wong maybe. So I would oh, love to see Wong. that was another thing. Elizabeth kept trying to figure it out throughout the whole episode. But who do you think is the person that's calling out to Wanda throughout the, the two episodes? Like, can you, can anybody recognize the actor's voice? Because I, I recognize the voice, but I have no idea. who. And it it doesn't read, it it, it doesn't show up in the credits or anything like that. Uh -uh. I didn't think of it. Like, Oh, I know that voice. I, I, tell it, you the name. <laughs> I feel like it's not a character we've seen before, but it's going to be an actor like Dennis Dasmalchen, who we're like, ah, oh, is that person? <laughs> David Dasmalchen. When Malchin. we see them finally. Oh, David, see, and you. I think it's a character we've <laughs> seen before. Okay. Because I'm not good well, with actors and actresses from other things. Right. Like, I, I've, I very much things. compartmentalize, so. Watch it be a Harry Potter person, that's why. That could be. Yeah. A Harry Potter actor. <laughs> yeah. I no, it's Harry I Potter. Love, <laughs> I I love catching voices and stuff, and I got nothing. I tried like the same. I was like, who could this possibly be? Like one of my favorite things is picking up voice actors, and I have absolutely no connection. I'm terrible with with just actors, just voices. Like I like commercials drive me crazy when they're just a, a <laughs> voice, and I know it's a famous person. I'm like, who is that? So, <laughs> John, did you have something no. you wanted to say? Yeah, um, I mean, just from having seen the trailers and kind of seeing sneak peeks of who is, like, I know is going to make appearances, um, I'm just going to throw that out there and consider this a spoiler or not, but it was in the trailer, so... Um, uh, <laughs> Asian Jim? Yes, he is supposed <laughs> to be in the show. Yeah. From uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Be, yes. Um, he okay. has a name, I know, but I can't remember it. Uh, Randall Park. Randall yeah. Park is the actor's name. Yes, that's the okay. one. Okay. And there is, right. I know, there is another person that I do know from the MCU that is going to be showing up in a very similar role, but I, I'll keep it to myself too. And okay. In the <laughs> trailers, was there not like a one-second scene that looked like it was Scarlett Johansson still on that Scarlett Johansson Black Widow on that planet, the Soul Planet? Oh, mm, I, I don't feel think like you're right. I saw her silhouetted. Like I remember, like the 
the short hair, the blonde hair that she had, and she's looking out in space. But it's like just a second. So maybe her in like a, I don't know if it'd be a flashback sense hmm. or what. But I don't know. Or the soul dimension, maybe. The soul dimension. That yeah, could there you go. Definitely that be one, it. soul dimension. Hmm. Uh, okay. So if anybody else has any predictions or things that we missed that you'd love to talk to us about, find me on Twitter. I'm at Midgipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Steven, where can people find you online? You can find me across all social media as some version of the name Peppermint Gentleman. For Twitter, it's Peppermint Gent. Jessica? You can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. John? I am also on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. Elizabeth? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. And check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Please, whatever podcatcher you use, rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network so that other people can also come and join us and have fun. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to... This concludes our broadcast.